Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Ayana Robinson-Dixon, and on today's episode, I'll be speaking with author Kimberly Russell. Hi, I'm Kimberly Russell. I'm from a small town in Michigan called Coldwater, and I'm happy to be here today. Well, we are happy to have you on the Circle 31 Podcast. So, Kimberly, you're an author. I am. I'm a Christian fiction author. I have a book that came out last year in July that is categorized as a Christian fantasy allegory, Hmm. just because that's where it fell. It's kind of like Chronicles of Narnia, just not nearly as good. (laughs) And um, it's it's a it's a weird little thing. It's it's kind of. This is my my story in fictional form. And it was one of those things as an author, you like know you need to write this. Mm. And I put aside the project I'm currently working on that has been around for the last 12 years because this book needed to be written and the time was now. Wow. So that's why I went ahead and started to work on my first book uh, that has been published called journey to chaya okay that's an interesting title kimberly can you give us some insight on how you came up with the name of that book well um i i wanted something unusual the the book is about a girl who gets in a car accident and goes on a mythical journey so that started that and her journey is about self-discovery and restoration from emotional issues. And so I just started doing a little research, you know, as an author, you always want to have an unusual title. And um, I knew she was going to be dealing with being emotionally restored. So I started to do some research into Hebrew, and it was a whole lot of bunny trails and, and this and that and unraveling things. And of course, the Hebrew has one word with a lot of different meanings. And the word Chaya is one of the meanings is restoration. So that's where that all came from. Wow. So help us to understand. um, You mentioned that this book that you've written is, is, is parallel or inspired by your life. And so can you help us understand that journey of restoration why did you feel that sharing that story was so important? Where did that tug come from to, to do this? I felt like I didn't have a choice because my my journey through life has been long and twisty as most people's. Lots of um, emotional issues from the time of a child up into adulthood that led me into dysfunctional relationships, two marriages that did not last, and I just couldn't seem to get it together. Um, I didn't have abuse at home, like, uh, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse. There was a lot of what I termed emotional abuse that my siblings really didn't get. I think a lot of it was my personality. I was a very sensitive child and I was easily hurt. And my little girl grew up very injured to no fault of my parents. They did the best they could. It was a generation of, you know, dad worked, that was his job. Mom raised the kids, that was her job. You know, there wasn't a lot of 
love and affection and, and things. I mean, I knew I was loved, but not a lot of warm and fuzzies like you see in today's world with children where they're built up and and they have a self-esteem and they they know that they're important and I grew up with zero self-esteem I had no identity and when I found the Lord I mean I've been a Christian for 30 some years but I never quite got to the point where we had a relationship for me it was this is great for everybody else, but this does not apply to me because I am so not worthy. So I had no identity and I started going to a new church that was teaching things that I'd never heard before about how we can be emotionally healed by the Lord, by how he can heal our wounds and heal our scars. And it just, it just things took off for me finally as I started to heal emotionally and I had started writing in, in about 2010 and and my it it all got my creative juices of flowing and I started to come up with I had the material but how could I present it in a way that would still tell a good story too so I would sit during church and I would scribble, 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 and I wasn't being spiritual. I was scribbling notes for my book. And really the, the whole process came directly out of the, what I learned at church and, and the Lord healed me. I experienced miraculous emotional healing just from the work that he did with me. And now I know that I'm his kid and I have the identity in Christ and that's how I live now. Wow. And and he healed me from my fear strongholds too. That was that's a lot in the book too. A lot about the fear stronghold that kept me paralyzed. Now the the stronghold, the fear, is that something that you 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 experienced as a child and it just continued throughout your adulthood until you connected with Christ? Or when did that start? Yeah, I I just I I just was always a very timid, towering child. My father was pretty much larger than life. You know, it was his way of the highway. Um, he was a loud man and that frightened me. I spent a lot of time frightened and feeling very abandoned and kind of like nobody saw me. I, I was kind of like on my own, it felt like. And and there again, no blame to my parents. You know, they they did what they did. You know, they did the best they could. And they were great providers. And there was many, many good things. Like I said, my little girl just got injured. And, and she needed some help to get out of it. What are some parallels um, between your personal life and the main character of your book, um, Journey to Chaya? I am the main character. It It is me. I, I, I will say it is me. Anybody that knows me could see it. Um, pretty much Jade is me. Gotcha. So the parallel is it. <laughs> <laughs> How much of a role does emotional healing contribute to spiritual growth? For me, it, it was everything. Like I said, because I had no identity, I never felt I measured up good enough. I would never be good enough for God, you know, and as 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 he healed that, he showed me 
the parallel between my father and him does not exist. You know, the only role model I had wasn't that great. So Father God to me was, oh, oh, you're over there, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm down here. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that anymore. We have a partnership now. We have a relationship now. And he accepts me warts and all, you know, when I mess up. And I know that he loves me no matter what. And I, I never felt that before. I always felt everything was very conditional. Mm. You wow. know, it was like performance-based. And you do good, I love you. You don't do good, I don't love you. You know, that, that was how I felt. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, kind of leading into my next question here. Um, have you had moments of, of reflection about you know, since publishing your first book, have you thought about um, what if there was a secondary message? Like as you were writing the book, you know the story, you've written it down, you're getting, um, you know, doing all the steps to make sure that it gets edited and published and it's out for everyone to purchase. But looking back on it, did you find something in the book that you didn't notice when you were writing it? perhaps a secondary theme that God slid in there and you didn't notice it. Yes. It was the fear thing because oh. the healing of my stronghold of fear really did not happen until the months following after all that work I was working on. Plus I will say as I was doing it, I was trying very hard to be perfect and do all the right things. I worked myself so hard and most of it was for nothing you know, and I had to really come to a point where it was like, Lord, you had me do this. Now you take it from here. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have to laugh. People are like, oh, how many of you sold? I'm like, oh, almost none. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it's not about that. I give it away. I've given away hundreds and sold an nth of that. And it's just, that's not why I did it. Mm -hmm. I did it for me, but I also hope that this story will touch someone who has struggled with the same struggles that I have had. You know, my my whole theme for writing is sharing hope through words. And everything I write seems to be focused on if I can give you a little bit of hope that life isn't going to stink forever and that God loves you, I've done my job. Wow, that's a beautiful mission statement to have in your writing. It is. It is. That is my that's my hashtag, you know, yeah. sharing hope through words. That's beautiful. Can you take us back to uh when you discovered that you were a writer? How did you begin? I know you mentioned <laughs> scribbling in church, but were you always drawn to writing as a child? Did you start in your adult life? Um I I, I was always an avid reader, a voracious reader. If you ask me to do a story problem, I'll have a nervous breakdown. I, I can't do math. I don't do math, but I'm very drawn to words and to reading. And, and I, I was always like that. I did well in English, you know, that kind of stuff. And it actually started around 2009. I was in a very dark time in my life. I was I was really in a dark time. And I was starting there again. It was an emotional based dark time and I was starting to come out the other side of it seeing the light of day a little bit and I said Lord 
okay, we got through that one. Now what? And he said, I want you to write. Wow. I'm like, what? I was 35-ish, you know. And and I started. I um, did a lot of internet research. I found an um, online community called uh, Faith Writers. And that was a really good place to learn because you could enter their weekly uh, writing challenge and be judged. And I, I had some success and it built my confidence. And I did a few other things. I um, wrote a couple magazine articles. I wrote a column for a while, um, just this and that and every other thing. And then I participated in something called the National Novel Writing Month. And what that is, is every year during the month of November, it's a challenge to write a 50,000 word manuscript. And about 24 hours before it started one year, I decided to do that. And it was crazy, though. Well, the manuscript I'm currently working on came out of that. The year after that, I wrote something different that will never see the light of day. It just needs to be go away. The <laughs> third year, I wrote the second part of the project I'm on right now. So that gave me a taste of what it was like to write a full-length novel. It's it's quite a thing. It's it's a lot of work. And um, then I started to learn some of this stuff and Journey kind of started to roll around in my head. I worked on Journey for several years. You know, I worked full-time. My mother was ill in a nursing home. I was trying to run a household. You know, life gets in the way. Yeah. And I've been retired for five years. And after I retired, he said, okay, this is what you do now. And so I really kicked it in with Journey and started to get it ready to publish. And it took me up about five, four years to get that, that adjustment to retired life. You know, I worked in a prison for 30 years. And, and so my life is very different now. Yeah. <laughs> I love my life now. And prison is kind of a distant memory. Um, and I finally got that. that one, And then I, I went back to my previous one. And it was already written. So all I had to do was edit it and get it cleaned up and stuff like that. So let's talk about your, ne your next book. Um, tell us about your next book. Well, it's completely fiction. It is, there's no message. There's no deep, dark secrets. It's, it's not about me. It's just a really cool story. And it's a story of a man who's on his way to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And the Lord steps in and prevents this from happening. And it came actually out of a story of one of my coworkers who went on vacation. His daughter lost her camera. A man found the camera mailed it from Washington, D.C. to Michigan, uh, tracked her down from the pictures or something. Wow. And this started my creative brain going. So um, <laughs> he's on his way to commit suicide and he finds a camera and and God stepped in. Wow. And it, it's a neat story. I love the story. It's It's been through a lot. It's been ripped apart and put back together so many times. I could have wrote three books out of it. But it's almost ready to go. I'm hoping maybe by March, you know, wow. it'll be ready to go. And it's actually going to be a series. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 kind of exciting to 
just dive into fiction more. Journey was very hard for me. It was a huge risk mm. to do this. Talk to me about that. Why was it difficult and why was it a risk? Well, it was so hard to be vulnerable. I put my deep, dark secrets out there for all the world to see. Right. My family didn't really, have never really understood what happened to me because they didn't have the same experience as I did. And they were like, you know, a little bit confused, I think. It, it was just it was just hard to be vulnerable you know and I don't put in there oh this is my own story but but people that I know know that it's me yeah um people have come to me and said is this you uh family members have said oh I see you yeah you know that kind of thing mm -hmm. so it, it was a big risk you know and obviously one that you definitely believe that it was worth taking you know um because you, there again, I didn't feel like I had a lot of choice. Yeah. You know, when the God tells you to do something, you better do it. That's it. Absolutely. You know? So you're an author, but you also have a pastime called pickleball. What, what is pickleball? It's a paddle sport that's played on a, on a court that's about the third of the size of a tennis court. And mm -hmm. it, it's a combination of ping pong and um, badminton mm -hmm. and a little bit of, you know, tennis thrown in there. It, you have two people on each side with a net in the middle. Okay. And uh, if you YouTube it, you can find, you know, explanations of it. It's like the fastest growing sport in the world. It really is. And it's, it's simple. There's not very many rules. But there's lots of strategies and it can get very heated, you know, and, and lots of quick. It's very quick. Um, I had when I when I retired, I didn't want to just sit in a chair and read a book all day because I knew I could do that. So I took swimming lessons. I had never learned how to swim. Talk about fear. You know, mm -hmm. um, I learned how to swim, went to the local pool and it was very lonely and the pool was very cold. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> so I went over to the rec center and I'm walking the track, which is so boring. And I see these people. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? I want to do that, you know. And um, I knew a lot of them. So I stopped and I talked to them and I found a place to take lessons. And I play three to four times a week for two hours at a time. Um it's like my passion. Um, I've got a competitive edge I wasn't really aware of. <laughs> the The interesting thing is how much God teaches me through pickleball. And I know that sounds silly, but he uses whatever you're doing. And he deals with my temper. He deals with my orneriness. Um, he knows I adore it, you know, but it's also a... Um, way for me to give back and interact with non-believers because mm. to me that's really important if we just stay in the four walls of our church we're not going to change the world that is so true so I help beginners I give lessons I try to be a person of faith on the court as well as off the court mm -hmm. and I fail on occasion as we all do you know, but it is something I really, really enjoy because I'm not aesthetically inclined at all. And I can do this and I'm really good at it. 
Awesome. So, so I tell people, I'm a fiction writer and I play pickleball and that's what I do with my life. <laughs> well, that is pretty wonderful. Kimberly, do you have any um, words that you'd like to leave our audience with? Well, you would, you would ask me about um, a scripture that rules my writing life. Yes. And, and, and I want to give you a quote first, because I love this quote. It's from Oswald Chambers. I must learn that the purpose of my life belongs to God, not me. Mm. And that's, that's why I write. It's my assignment. It's hard work. And a lot of times it's not fun, but it's what I, what it's what I do. And he told me my words would go on assignment. He told me that. So I need to make sure that I'm keeping up on my assignments. And um, to that end, my verse is Habakkuk 2.2. Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the current message to others. And if I can share one last thing, sure, check out my website, KimberlyKRussell.com. Um, Journey to Chaya is available on Amazon through ebook, Kindle Unlimited, and paperback. So Kimberly, what's the title of your next book? It's called Photo Finish. Okay, can you give us a little uh, background on what that's about? What's the... um, it's a story of a man who is on his way to commit suicide, and he finds a camera, and God steps in and saves him. Wow. We are looking forward to reading that. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for being our guest on the Circle 31 Podcast. Thank you. If today's episode was a blessing to you, visit our website at circle31internationalwomensministry.org to follow our podcast, listen to past episodes, and to read our blog. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you for joining us today.